Well, what can I say? It's been a very rough last two months of 2022, and we're now at the end of January 2023. And um, I like to think that I hold myself accountable, um, and, I, and I have. Uh, but let me give you the tea, if you guys want to know the tea. Uh, and I'm going to kind of, we're going to do uh, chapter three or chapter four of the artwork um, book club. But before we get into that, uh, there's a really important part of understanding why you create artwork in the first place. And it's super important that you have a good handle on why you're making artwork. Like what are some specific reasons you're doing it? What are you trying to communicate? What experiences that are unique to your you know, your life that you want to communicate to other people and not the masses, just a specific group of people that might find it helpful, relatable, might feel seen just by looking at the artwork itself. And it doesn't matter the message. It could be small. It could be big, whatever. Well, I say that because of what happened to me the last two months of 2022. uh, And it was incredibly impactful and traumatic and what it comes down to is confronting my my family specifically my parents on some really toxic behavior that they've exhibited in my entire life really and I never really confronted them about it until they did something really underhanded the last two months of this last year. Um, I, I won't go too much into detail because I don't want to distract from this podcast and us getting back on track. But I will say this. I had to do no contact with them. I had to set some boundaries. I had to set some expectations. I had to be very open and vulnerable with them. And I had to do it in a way that was that was probably very hurtful to them. And I understand why, and there's no other way that it could have gone down. So maybe for another podcast, I'll go into detail about that because it's it's really impacted my artwork, you know, in a sense that I understand where that where my own behavior comes from in the past and what I had to kind of figure out my own where it came from. It came from my parents, and so having to confront them about that and and be very open and blunt. And set the boundaries and let them know that this is not acceptable. You know, I'm almost 40, for God's sakes. Like, this kind of behavior is not okay. So anyway, that was the end of 2022, and it was very difficult. I mean, everything stopped at that point. You know, we barely did Christmas because it was so traumatic. It was so... It just kind of had the shadow over everything And during that time period. Um, so anyway, I just wanted to lead with that because I know I was wanting to be very consistent with this podcast, but it just, when your personal life is like, you know, feels a little shaky, you know, and you're going through stuff, it's probably a good idea that you take the time that you need to, to address those issues. Otherwise you're going to be using your productivity to avoid them. And I didn't want to do that. And my family didn't deserve that either. Like my kids and my wife, they didn't deserve that. So anyway, I say all that so that I can jump back into what we're doing. And now I've come with a fresh mind. 
Uh, yes, I am still struggling a little bit, but not anything like I was last month in, in November. Um, so I feel a lot better to continue where we were. And so if you're still with me, thanks. And if you're not, well, then you're not going to hear this. So anyway, let's jump into uh, chapter four of the artwork uh, book uh, that we're going over for this book club. It's addressing, I have it in front of me, so I'm going to be referring and reading some of the passages that I've highlighted. It's chapter four, websites and business cards. And I really like this particular chapter because it's right up my alley. I've done, I've designed so many websites for, for the businesses that I've had for my own personal art. And then for uh, the gallery business that we, that I had, and it was, it's a, it's a work in progress sort of thing. It's, you know, if you're coming new to websites and you've never really designed one before, don't worry. There's a lot of people in your boat, especially uh, visual artists that don't come from a graphic design background. Although if you do come from a graphic design background, you do have a leg up here. Uh, so this, I think this chapter does a really good job of outlining some of the important things um, that artists, visual artists need to include in the website and not make it too overwhelming in terms of what you need to have in there. And so the first thing that I think it really outlines really well in the first sentence is most art world professionals consider it unacceptable not to have a website. That is a really strong line and it is absolutely true. Nowadays, unless you've been established for decades, it's usually not it's usually not the norm and something that galleries will look for immediately when applying to get in there, at least most galleries, not all, but most galleries, they will look really harshly at that and, and see that if you don't have a good website, a decent website that shows your portfolio, talks about who you are, what you do, you know, it's going to be very hard to get in. So I would recommend starting with a website. Um, and it says here, a basic artist website is easy to put together and cheap to maintain. I made that note because this book came out in like 2011. And since then, the cost of website hosting has gone up significantly. And I mean a lot. So you know, Shopify just increased their um, their fees um, for the first time in 12 years. That just happened uh, as I'm recording this podcast. And so now artists are especially visual artists that are just starting out that are having to dip into their, their, you know, startup income or startup, you know, budget and, and figure out how much can they allocate to a website every single month. That's a, you know, it's a significant portion on a yearly basis. You can also be charged. And so I would recommend checking out Google sites. Google sites is free and I'm not getting paid to say this. It's just something I stumbled upon and realized that it's actually a pretty decent uh, setup. Now, if you want all the bells and whistles, I would say WordPress is probably the next best step just because it has a lot of plugins and functionalities that you can move around and play with. But for, for, for all, you know, if you don't have a whole lot of money and you just want to get going and you want to develop something nice I, and it's relatively easy, I would say Google Sites because it's free. Google Domains, your domain's probably going to cost you 12 bucks unless it's a really popular domain. I've, I have like several domains that I've purchased through Google Domains and all Every single one of them was $12 a year. So anyway, I wanted to put that out there because um, there's right now there's no really big excuse for you not to have a website. Um, you have to have one and Google Sites is free. So go check it out. Um, a couple notes here. Make your site easy to navigate. You want your visitors focusing on whatever it is they're looking for, not on the difficulty they are having 
finding it. I know it's easy to get caught up in making it really, you know, eclectic and like you have all these ideas and you want to throw them in there. Simple is better. Um, effective is even more, is even, is even more better. Yeah, that sounds right. And so you want to make sure that you keep those things in mind whenever you're designing a website. So I made a few notes here on the different sections they were talking about. Like, for instance, um, you know, the homepage, you want to keep it clean and informative. Uh, make sure you're talking about upcoming shows, uh, post-recent press, your blogs. I really like that. Um, you know, keeping all that information on the front homepage is really good for SEO and for uh, a search engines, search engines to rank your page based on how relevant and how um, up to date the information is on the homepage. Um, and make sure that on your contact page, you're also linking to a gallery that you have, you know, that you're currently in. That way, other galleries that go look will understand, oh, this guy's active or this girl's active. You know, let's let's take a look and see if his portfolio is strong enough for us to consider. Um, and then, you know, just make sure that those the, the images and clips that you have are uploaded at 75 DPI. Um, what that means is it allows the, the page to load faster because there aren't as many pixels per inch for you to for the the. Uh, the web page to have to read through in order to load it. So the more high resolution um, images you have on your on your website, the longer it's going to take for that page to load. And the reason that's important is because the longer it takes to load, the longer the wait is. And if somebody has to wait longer than needed to load a web page, they're just going to back out and they're going to leave or close the, the browser altogether. And it's frustrating. So and in addition to that, you don't want to be loading any high resolution images because people can just download them, and you don't want you don't want people doing that with your high res um, photos. So when you have um, when you're taking your images for your artwork after it's been completed, you do want some images that are in different deep you know uh, resolution. Six hundred DPI is optimum. Three hundred DPI is great. Um, and the 75 DPIs for social media and websites. So just keep that in mind. And they do address that on page 79. So they say 72 DPI, but I've heard 75. So in a, in either case, both are good. A CV is something that um, it's, it's, you know, it's your artist uh, resume that, you know, talks about your accomplishments where you've shown um, important collectors that have acquired your work, um, that's important to include on your website and always keep that up to date. Um, give it its own page, you know, make sure people know where it's at so that if you're sending your website to a gallery, they can click on it and um, find it really easily. So uh, again, it's something that you have to make sure that you're constantly updating, especially if you're doing frequent shows or exhibitions. Um, that's something that you just want to make sure that you have up to date. Because if you don't, You've got to backtrack a few years and, and re-update everything that you're doing. Um, it's also really important, I think, that if you are featured in the press somehow, you know, if your local newspaper has, you know, published a press release or if you got featured on some sort of local news station, see if you can get those clips and link them back to your website because it does improve SEO, but it also lends credibility to what you're doing and, uh, and the breadth of, you know, the coverage that you're getting on on your artwork. So I would definitely recommend doing that. 
and then you can you know you can rank them based on you know uh recent you know news coverage or media coverage but i would definitely list that on your website somewhere they say here that biography biography is a is optional i don't think it's optional <laughs> i don't think it's optional you have to do biography you have to do something that tells people a little bit about who you are not just as an artist but as a human being because artists are only relatable to artists people are relatable to people so do a little bit of both so that when people come across your page that might be collectors or patrons that they can find some commonality with you you know talk about you don't have to go into depth about your personal life like <laughs> stonewalling your parents but you can talk about how you you know what you spend your days doing you know what what you enjoy uh, some of the passions you have outside of artwork you know where you live where you've traveled like those things are really important just because it's 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 a good way for you to relate to other people and i like that the biography example that they provide here is uh is a good they give some good examples for new artists emerging artists and mid-career artists so um, i would look at that example because it's really interesting um, especially if you're just trying to figure out, well, what do I list as a new artist? What do I list as an emerging artist or mid-career artist? So that was great. Um, the artist statement, they say, is also optional. I probably agree with that unless you are really in that mid-career level and you're wanting to really explore the gallery circuit. The artist statement is really, I think, in my opinion, it changes based on the work that you're doing. So if you're if you have a series of artwork for a new show that's coming up, I think the artist statement needs to change because you're going to change. Your things that you go through in your life changes. So the meaning in your artwork is going to change. So the art sta artist statement, I think, is optional in that sense. Um, but I do think it's important for you to, to have one up if it's relevant. Uh, equally important, um, the point of your website is to expose people to your work. That's a direct passage from this on page 83, at least in my version. For, you, for those of you that have the updated version, it's it, it may be on a different page. Um, they say here, and I, I noted, I made a note here. It's like two sentences after that. It says prices are distracting. I don't think that's necessarily true, um, especially nowadays where people are used to seeing prices on um, on everything. And it helps the potential buyer make a decision. And I think that if your artwork is, is intentional and it has meaning behind it, I don't think the price is going to be distracting. I think the price is going to help the buyer make a decision. Now, if there is no price and somebody likes the artwork enough, will they contact you? Yes. If the person likes the artwork, but they're needing to make a decision right away and you don't give them the opportunity to make that decision and they've got to go through these, jump through these hoops to contact you and then you don't contact them back right away, you've just lost that sale. So I think you could argue both from, from an artistic perspective. And I, I, I go back to this point a lot in this book club, which is these the authors of this book are not artists. They're, it's a gallerist, uh, art dealer, and a lawyer, and a lawyer, an attorney. Um, so from an artist perspective, the whole point of you having your artwork 
out in the world and in a digital space is for people to see it, appreciate it, and help support you by purchasing it. Um, again, this is an old version of the book. I hope they would have updated it to, to say that prices are not distracting. Prices are are uh, transparent. The, you have to be transparent about whether or not you're selling the artwork. And this goes into the next point, which is if you have a bunch of artwork that's been, that says sold on your website, that's not helpful either. And I'm guilty of this. I used to do that all the time. Um, just because the artwork says sold on there doesn't mean that it's going to help your case for wanting to sell more work. Because if you never have any artwork for sale, it's frustrating and people will give up and they're going to just going to think, well, he never has anything for sale, you know, because it's always sold or he hasn't put out anything new because it's, I'm talking about myself, how I think people look at my artwork sometimes, or they used to before I shut down that website and created a new one. It's, it, it can be frustrating. So if you have sold artwork, move it over to the archive, get it out of your shopping page and just have it as part of your archived artwork in your portfolio. Don't even have it on the the shopping page as sold out. Just don't do that. You know, I get it. If it just sold and you haven't updated it yet in a week, fine. But don't leave it up there for months and months. Okay. So learn learn from my mistakes. Um so I will I'll just leave that section with saying that I think nowadays people don't want to click out for anything else. So don't don't let that you know don't don't let somebody leave your website to contact you. Will people do that anyways? Sure, absolutely. Will diehard fans do it? Sure. But we're also trying to reach new people and new people are timid and you don't want them, you don't want to give them a reason for clicking out. Um, at the end of this, uh, they talk about business cards and I think that there's a lot of folks that will push back on business cards. I won't push back on business cards because I think that when you're networking, I think it's important to give somebody something. What I have found is that there is a, I don't like the uh, waste that comes with business cards. I hate, 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 hate seeing business cards in a parking lot, you know, just thrown away. I hate that. Um, I hate it whenever I see business cards at a gas station, like on the pump. I hate that. Um, you know, so, but I do think that the, there is, there's some new technologies out there that you can look for. Uh, I tried one at my old work one time and it's a digital business card. It's a physical card, but it's, um, it's got a chip in there that when you, when you touch it to somebody's smartphone, it automatically loads your data onto their smartphone. If they're obviously interested in your contact info and you can put everything on there, your website, a link, you know, um, you know, your, all your information, your phone number, your email, and it's just a real quick tap and they get it and it's in their phone. I think that's much more impactful. Um, if you want to do business cards, I would do something creative with them you know, make them memorable. I wouldn't go mass produce them. I'm just not a big fan of that. Maybe other people are, and there's still, that mentality still exists, but I'm just not a big fan of waste in that sense. Um, not if the whole point of a business card is to help people remember who you are. I think that mass producing them and just giving them out arbitrarily, I don't think that's a good idea. I think that if you were to maybe put some effort into creating your business cards and had them in limited quality quantity with some, you know, reusable materials or something like that, that's eco-friendly, that's interesting. You know, put some effort into that and make a limited amount of business cards and give them out only to people that you feel 
would actually benefit from having them and maybe would even appreciate the unique quality of those business cards. That's just me. Um, and of course, the business card has got to have your contact information. It's got to have, uh, I think, a visual, some representation of your artwork would be perfect. Um, people, sometimes they put their photo on there. I don't necessarily think that's a great idea unless you're like a realtor or something like that. But I do think it has to be representative of your artwork itself. I've seen people do business cards on wood, which is fascinating. I think that's great. But in any case, I think that putting some more time and effort into the business cards is a good idea. So that's the end of chapter four. Uh, that was a good 20-minute sesh for the book club. Uh, again, I apologize for not getting getting it out sooner. But again, this was <laughs> the end of last year was highly traumatic. Uh, and I'm, I'm hopeful that it's going to, you know, setting these boundaries and, and, and making sure that we hold ourselves accountable and our, our, the people in our lives accountable for their behavior is an important thing to consider. You know, we're, we're doing this, um, I'm going to go off on a short tangent, but my wife and I are going, doing a book club separately with our, our, uh, her family, her brother, her mother and father, and we're doing a book club reviewing a book on trauma. I didn't bring it with me. Um, and it's, it's so it's their, their Gen X generation. And so their, their commentary and their thoughts on this is so incredible. They, they've said things like awakening, you know, and stuff like, you know, that, that people are, are changing the way they think about, you know, emotions and behavior and trauma and, it's true. There's a big change happening. It's gradual. It's not all at once, but it's happening. And uh, I say that because I think that this is an important time to take action on that, you know, on that new understanding. Uh, and it started with me personally first, having to make some personal changes and hold myself accountable to a lot of things that, that I had done in the past and 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 make those changes and adjustments. And then it goes to holding your, uh, you know, your relationships, your your people in your life accountable to help them along, you know, because if we don't, then they're just going to keep going, doing damage and, and uh, you know, hurting other people in your life or you specifically. And if you don't stop it, then, you know, then you're not really changing a whole lot. So anyway, I just wanted to leave with that because it's that's kind of what I'm going through at the moment. And, you know, it's, it is a, it's going to be a, a process. I don't know if they're going to come out of it. I hope they do, you know, because of course I still love them. They're my parents, but I have to I do this out of love for them, you know, because if I don't do it and they don't change, they don't ever change, then how can I really love them, you know, if they're not, if I know they're not who they are, you know, if I know they're, they're just representative of their anxieties and their trauma then how am I really connecting with my parents? How are they going to connect with me and my family? You know, my, my children, they won't be able to. So I love them enough to have to put them through this. And I know it sucks, but it's necessary. So anyway, that's that. And uh, I will uh, be on top of this next week. And uh, we'll do uh, chapter five, which is opening your studio, which is exciting because we're going to talk about startup stuff. And uh, I have a lot of experience in that. So anyway, have a guys, have a great rest of your week and we'll talk again um, next week.